0: A very good morning to my brothers and sisters in Christ and also to, to our friends and visitors who have joined us here in person as well as uh, those who have joined us online as well. Thank you for taking time off your precious weekend to be with us this morning to worship God. Uh, particularly especially so this is being a public holiday as well. Uh, just to clarify if you are the first time here with us, uh, this is not a Christmas service. Uh. This is our weekly Sunday service that we worship God together. We just happens to fall on 23 December which also celebrated uh, worldwide in many places as a uh, Christmas day But this morning I'd like to share with you why I don't celebrate Christmas as a religious festival If you have been to the Orchard Road area lately uh, I think this will be a very familiar sight to you uh, This is the annual, Christ- uh, annual light up during Christmas time at uh, Orchard uh, which actually happens around the time of November, December they put up uh, this kind of uh, Christmas decorations but uh, there was some controversy in 2018 because the Christmas light-up team then was the Disney team. Okay, so this actually drew a lot of criticism, a lot of uh, 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 anger, okay, and a lot of uproar because of the Christmas team being Disney team. Okay, and partly from the National Council of Churches, they actually come up with a letter, open letter that was issued to the Singapore Tourism Board to complain about this Disney team during Christmas. I'd like to read a short extract uh, from this letter, the one in the red, red, red box, okay, where it says, We are concerned that the light up with its exclusive focus on Disney characters, has no meaningful connection to the season of Christmas. To them, they say Christmas at its heart is a festival in the Christian calendar which commemorates the incarnation and birth of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. So they were very unhappy about that. And of course, uh, the Singapore tourism, Board subsequently, they stopped using uh, Disney theme, which I felt was a pity uh, because I think that was one of the prettiest decorations that I've ever seen. But you see that there are also others around the world who actually protest against the secularization, the commercialization of Christmas. And their slogans such as, Put Christ Back Into Christmas. And so unsurprisingly, you know, sometimes when uh, I got to know friends and they asked me, oh, why are you doing this Christmas? I told them, I said, oh, actually I don't celebrate Christmas. <coughs> a very common response when they hear that is to ask me, uh, what kind of Christian are you uh, that don't celebrate Christmas? Everybody knows that Christians celebrate Christmas. Why? Why don't you? And so in this morning's lesson, I'd like to share with uh, all of you three reasons why I don't celebrate Christmas as a religious festival. The first reason why I don't celebrate Christmas is because it is non-scriptural. Today, we know that there are many today who celebrate Christmas Day, 25th December, as the birthday of Christ. And this is a, a scene that you'll probably see in many places, uh, what they call the nativity scene, which actually depicts the birth of Christ. But just an interesting trivia, in this picture alone, we can actually find three errors. If you have your Bible, look with me to Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. I'd like for us to read this verse to see uh, what the Bible says about the birth of Jesus and then the visit, visit of the wise men. Matthew chapter two verse eleven. Notice what it says here. And when they were coming into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay. So the first error you notice is that the shepherds and the wise men did not actually meet. Ah. when the shepherds went to visit Jesus, he was the day he was born. He was in a manger. But the wise man actually came much later when Jesus was already in the house. Okay. Of course, this also means that. Uh, the second error of course this means that the wise men were not in the manger they were in the house and the third error of course is that there is no mention in the bible of three wise men there were three gifts we presented gold frankincense and myrrh but there's no mention of how many wise men there are there could be two wise men giving all these gifts of course we know at least two are because it's plural wise men it could be two giving three gifts it could be four five six or more giving three gifts as well so these are the three errors that we oftentimes see depicted in the nativity scene The wise man. you see them with the shepherd, you see them in the manger where the wise man was actually in the house. And then of course, we talk about 3 wise men which the Bible never says so. But this is just a a trivia that a lot that I'd like to share. But today, you might wonder why do people celebrate Christmas as the birthday of Christ? There are actually 2 main reasons. One of them is because of pagan influence, we will talk about it in our third point. But there are also some people who think that Jesus was actually conceived on the Passover. So when you think about it being considered Passover, this naturally leads them to think of Jesus being born in December. There are some people in the world today who believe that the creation, the conception of Jesus, and the crucifixion of Jesus all happened on the Passover. Well, the first two, the Bible does not say. The third one, of course, the Bible does tells us that Jesus was crucified on the Passover. But when they think that Jesus being born on Passover, then the natural conclusion will be Jesus to be born on Christmas. Why so? Because the Passover actually falls on the March or April of our Gregorian calendar. If you are wondering why there's a range of dates, it's because the Jewish calendar is like a lunar calendar. That's like our Chinese New Year, you know. Sometimes it falls in January, sometimes it falls in February. Uh, For next next year's Chinese New Year, it falls a bit earlier. It's in January. So that is why when you look at Passover, it actually falls between March and the time of April. So what would be the implications then? If Jesus is... If Jesus is conceived in the Passover between March and April, then the natural conclusion will be that you add nine months. That will be when he was born, right? So that's how they arrived at the date as December, even up to January. And so, from uh, in ancient times, in times past, Christmas was actually observed on various dates between January, uh, between December to January. And this was before the Church of Rome under Julius the First actually declared that the birth of Christ was discovered to be on 25th December. I put discover in quotation because there is no evidence. You just come forth to say that, oh, we discovered the birthday of Jesus to be on 25th December. And that's how the date came to be uh, celebrated as the birthday of Christ. But interestingly, as I mentioned earlier, Christmas, uh, the birth of Christ, they celebrate actually sometime between December to January. But the East Western churches, they accepted the date as 25th December. But the Eastern churches actually don't. Uh, okay. So, if you notice, sometimes you look at the calendar, there are some people who celebrate Christmas on 7 January instead, particularly the Eastern Orthodox Church. Okay. They do not accept the date that is proposed by the Roman Catholic Church. And so, they still celebrate the birthday of Jesus as 7 January to this day. So, what we learn from here is that actually Christmas isn't universally celebrated on 25 December. Most people celebrate that as Christmas, but there are some who celebrate as January instead and okay, particularly in the east And so what we also realize is that Christmas not only isn't always universally celebrated on 23 December It also hasn't always been celebrated in the first place In fact, we see that the earliest date that Christmas came to be celebrated uh, in the world was in Rome in AD 336 whereby after the date was being formalized as 23 December they begin to celebrate it as that date Subsequently, we also see uh, 383.75 they begin to celebrate it in Antioch as well Constantinople in AD 380 uh, Alexandria in AD 430 and Jerusalem in AD 450 okay. So it wasn't only until the 5th century before people began to worldwide start celebrating it as 25th December Earlier prior to that you see that there, were no, there was no confirmation of the exact date and people some of them celebrate some of them don't celebrate And so we see that it is no scriptural to celebrate Christmas as the birthday of christ because the bible never actually tells us when is the birthday of christ but one thing we can be sure is that 25th december is not the day of christ's birth and i'll explain to you shortly why we know from the bible that it cannot be the day of christ's birth but at this point I thought i'd like to share with you an interesting conversation that we have with a friend uh, in recent times uh. so this friend that i spoke to him that actually i found out uh, that he had a very smart idea that he actually had his wedding anniversary the day that he got married on his birthday itself which i thought was a very very smart idea and let me tell you why that is so uh, okay if you put your birth your wedding anniversary on your birthday date uh, it means that it's less likely you will forget right because most people remember their birthday in the unlikely event that you forget your birthday what happens your wife will give you a birthday present on your birthday then you remind yourself oh that's my wedding anniversary i better get something in return if, it's, if you forgot about it okay? or even if both of you forget about it Your wife cannot get angry with you because it's your birthday So I thought that was a very smart idea A very ingenious idea that my friend had So you know what, I decided to copy him uh, to follow his idea But of course I already got married Uh, My wedding anniversary was 10th of October So you know what I did, I decided to change my wife's birthday From uh, 2nd of August to 10th of October instead So it's easy for me to remember I'm just kidding, I didn't do that. uh. If I do that, my wife will kill me. uh. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when people try to put 25th December as the birthday of Jesus, they're actually doing just that. They're changing the birthday of Jesus to a date that is convenient to remember, that is celebrated by people all over the world. We say change because 25th December was never the birthday of Jesus. How do we know that? You recall that on the day of Jesus was born, there were shepherds out in the field. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 tells us that when were, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Okay. So when Jesus was born, shepherds were out in the field. But 25th December would not have been a date that shepherds were out in the field. Why is that so? Because it was winter. Okay. In fact, we consider the passage that is recorded to us in Ezra chapter 10. In Ezra chapter 10, we read about how the Jews had married with pagan wives. They married foreign wives. And so we see that they disobeyed God's commandment. And so Ezra had to take action to ask them to put away their foreign wives. And the Bible tells us that this took place on the ninth month. So what does it mean for us? The Jewish calendar actually begins in the first month. The first month is actually on the uh, Passover month, which actually corresponds to our month of March. So, a month of March is actually the first month of the Jewish calendar. So, what happens if it's our ninth month? The ninth month means it falls in December. Okay. But let's look at the conditions in the time of December. Turn your Bibles with me to uh, Ezra chapter 10, root from verse 9 to verse 13. Ezra chapter 10, verse 9 to verse 13. And here we see that the remedial, remedial action that was taken for, for them to put away their foreign wives. So, verse 9 says, Then all the men of Judah and Benjamin gathered themselves together unto Jerusalem within three days. It was the ninth month or the 20th day of the month. And all the people sat in the street of the house of God, trembling because of this matter and for the great rain. So remember we said the ninth month, if you, the first month is in March, the ninth month will be in December. And notice what was happening in December. There was great rain and the people were trembling. It was so cold they were trembling. Of course, one of the reasons is because they had sinned against God, they were fearful. Another reason was because the rain was so great that they were in the cold, they were trembling. Okay. And verse 10 he says, As John the priest stood up and said unto them, You have transgressed and have taken strange wives to increase the trespass of Israel. Now therefore, make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure, and separate yourselves from the people of the land and from the strange wives. Then all the congregation answered and said with a loud voice, As thou hast said, so must we do. So the people agree with Ezra, we need to put away our foreign wives to listen to God, to repent of our sins. But let's look further at verse 13. But the people are many. It is a time of much rain. And we are not able to stand without. They say it's a time of much rain, heavy rain. They cannot stand outside. It was too cold. They were trembling. Okay? And so they say, neither is this a word of one day or two, for we are many that have transgressed in this thing. So what we learn from here is that in the time of December, it's actually a time of much rain. It was so cold that they could not stand outside. That they would be shivering. shivering they would be trembling. Okay. So one thing is for certain: is that there will have been no shepherds out in the field in winter. There will be no flocks out in winter because it's a time of winter. It's too cold. Nobody will bring their flocks out to graze. In fact, there will be no grass for you, uh, because by winter time all the greenery has died already. Okay. So there, Jesus could not have been born in December. That was the day that his birth was being announced to the shepherds. Instead, what the shepherds will usually do is to wait until the winter is past, the rain is over and gone before they bring the sheep out. Okay. So this will be during the time in early spring, which falls between March to September. By the time of October, the, what will happen is that the first rain will fall and you will eventually get heavier and heavier and then they will stop bringing the sheep out altogether. So March to September will be the time they bring the, the sheep out to graze. By October, there will be no more grazing. The shepherds will have brought the sheep in. But what this tells us is that Jesus could not have been born later than October. In fact, he will never be born in December. March to September is the more likely date. But of course, the Bible doesn't tell us when, so we do not know for sure either. But one thing we do know for sure is that 25th December can never be the birthday of Christ. And so brethren and friends, we should not celebrate Christmas as a religious festival because Christmas, as the Bible tells us, is after the tradition of man after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. You notice the day was chosen because of man's tradition not because of Christ's words, Christ's teachings. Never in the Bible does it indicate to us that Jesus was born on December 25th. On the contrary, the evidence points out to us that he was not born in December. So the first reason why I do not celebrate Christmas as a religious festival is because it is non-scriptural. The second reason why I don't celebrate Christmas as a religious festival is because it is unscriptural. And today, there are many people who remember Christ yearly on Christmas instead of weekly on the Lord's Day. But what we ought to do is to bring our attention from the stable back to the Lord's Table to remember Jesus' death on the first day of the week rather than to remember him once a year on Christmas Day. At this point in time, we want to consider, is this so significant, is this so important for us to even celebrate? Jesus' birthday. I have to present to you some facts. An interesting fact you can find from the Bible is that there are only two celebrations of birthdays in the Bible. And guess what? These two celebrations were celebrations of the birthdays of pagan kings. People who did not believe in God. People who were wicked that they observed their birthdays. Of course the first we know is the birthday of Pharaoh. Remember Joseph was thrown into prison? He interpreted the dreams for the butler and the baker. Okay. What he interpreted the dream was that three days later, the butler would be restored to the king's service, whereas the baker would be hanged. And true enough, three days later was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast to all the servants. Okay. And subsequently, we see that the butler was taken into his service, but the baker was hanged, just as Joseph had predicted. Okay. So it is interesting that the Bible we really talks about two birthdays that were celebrated, and these birthdays were birthdays of wicked people. Uh, my wife has actually two friends uh, okay, uh, who are actually Seventh-day Adventists. And it's quite interesting uh, that because the Seventh-day Adventists, they don't celebrate birthdays because they say birthdays come from pagan tradition. And birthdays, actually, you look at the Bible, they are wicked practices so they don't actually celebrate birthdays as well. So in this case, they also don't celebrate Christmas also. so. Okay. So I thought this was an interesting fact to point out. There's also an ironic fact that I want to point out. Uh, okay, Because there are people who celebrate Christ- Christmas but they do not actually know where does the term Christmas come from? Okay. The word Christmas actually comes from the uh, old English word Christmas Mass, okay, uh, which actually means the Mass of Christ. Okay. And for those of you who uh, come from a Catholic background, uh, I think you might know uh, why the Mass. Uh. The Mass is actually the Catholic term for the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper, what do we remember? We don't remember Jesus' birthday. Uh. We actually remember the death of Christ. The Lord's Supper that we partook earlier, we actually remember how Christ died for us. So it's ironic that they use a term that they use to talk about Lord's Supper to remember Jesus' birth instead. Okay. So when I was growing up I find it very confusing. Why call it Christmas uh, when you are not celebrating the death of Jesus by remembering His birthday? So that is quite ironic to me. But a significant fact that we find in the Bible is that the death, the birth of Jesus was not given to us. We do not know the day. We do not know the month that Jesus was born. But the Bible gives us precisely the date of Jesus' death, which is on the Passover. Okay. Remember, on in Luke chapter twenty-two verse fifteen, <coughs> Jesus before the, the night before he died, he actually desired to eat the Passover with his disciples. Okay, and then the next day, the next morning, he was crucified on the third hour. So Jesus was crucified the next day at nine a.m. and he died in the on the on the at three p.m. in the afternoon. Okay, so the Bible tells us the precise death, the precise date of Jesus' death, which is on the Passover. In case you're wondering, you say that, hey, how come he took the Passover at night and then the next day, is it still Passover? Well, it is. Because for the Jewish calendar, they actually calculate the day starting from 6 p.m. Okay. I know for us, we calculate the day starting at midnight. Ah. Midnight is where we start the day until the 11.59 p.m. That's the end of the day. But for the Jews, interestingly, the day begins at 6 p.m. So for 6 p.m. until the next day, 5.59 p.m., that's actually one day. And you might wonder, why is it so? Ah? Why is it so strange? Why ah? is it so strange? Your day changes, but you still it as one day. Well, the reason is because they follow the order of creation. Remember the creation? If you look at Genesis 1 verse 4, it tells us, the evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. So following this tradition, they take it as more evening, and then the morning, they count as one day. So when Jesus celebrated the Passover with his apostles, okay, that was on Thursday night. Friday morning, he was crucified. Friday afternoon, he died. All this is still within the Passover day. So the Bible is very interesting that it gives us the precise date of Jesus' death which will actually fall on the 14th day of the first Jewish month. Okay? And because this is actually the Passover, as we see in the account in Exodus 12, in Leviticus 23, verse 5, we see that the Passover is the 14th day of the first month. As we say, the first month is actually the month corresponding to a month of March. So that will be the day that our Lord Jesus was crucified. We know the day of His death, but we do not know the day of his birth. And the reason is because God wants us to remember Jesus' death instead of his birth. So it's unscriptural for us to celebrate Christmas because there is no Bible authority for us to do so. In fact, I find it quite interesting uh, that churches who celebrate Christmas, they tell people, oh, you can remember Jesus once a year, it's okay. But for giving, uh, uh, they say, no, you cannot, you must give every Sunday. uh." You can don't take the Lord's Supper uh, every week. You can take it once a year, once a month, once every three months. But giving, we have to give every week. So to them, the money is more important than remember Christ. Isn't that so? Okay. So we see that what Christ wants us to do, remember, to, to do instead is to remember His death. In fact, our Lord Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper as a memorial of His death. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24 to 26, we see here a few things that we are remembering when we partake of the Lord's Supper. In verse 24, Jesus says, and it says here, When Jesus had given thanks, he break it and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this remembrance of me. So whenever we partake of Lord's Supper, we are remembering Christ. What He has done for us. His death that He went through for us. Okay. Verse 25 says, After the same manner, He took the cup when He had subbed, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do we, as well as you drink it in remembrance of me. So in we partake of Lord's Supper, we also have to remember that the blood was a sacrifice that Christ made for us in order to institute the new covenant. Our, our salvation was purchased with a great price. Thirdly, the 13th remember. Verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, <coughs> you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Or some version says, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So we partake the Lord's Supper, not only do we remember his death, remember him, remember his new covenant, we also proclaim Christ's death, and we proclaim his second coming as well. So these are the four things that we remember when we partake of the Lord's Supper. <coughs> okay. So this is a memorial that is given to us. Christmas was never given to us as a memorial. And we see that the Lord's Supper is also to be observed regularly on Sunday. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, I'm going a bit dry. Sorry, give me a second. sorry for that. Okay. So we see that we are actually commanded to partake of Lord's Supper regularly on the Lord's Day. Okay. In fact, Acts 2:42 tells us that they, the early Christians, they continue steadfastly. Steadfastly means consistently, regularly. Okay. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Notice what did they continue steadfastly in? In the breaking of bread and in prayers. So the Lord's Supper was something that they took consistently and regularly. And when did they take it? Well, Acts 27 will give us the answer that it's upon the first day of the week that they come together to break bread. So the Bible tells us precisely that we are to remember our Lord's death on the first day of the week and we to remember it regularly. Now some might look at this verse and say, how do we know that it's weekly then? If I'm going to say that the Lord's supper is to pray on Sunday, why can't I take it once a month, once every three months, or once a year even? Well, consider this fact, if God intends for us to partake the Lord's Supper once a year, what will He have to give us? He has to give us the exact day, right, so that we know which Sunday to take it. If God wants for us to take it once a month, what must He tell us? He must tell us which week of the month to take, so that we can take it on the right month, isn't that? But if God wants us to partake every first day of the week, what does He have to tell us? He doesn't have to tell us any month, any year. He just has to tell us on the first day of the week. We will understand that it's every Sunday. Consider also the fact. Then in Exodus chapter 20 verse 8, God told the Israelites to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Do the Israelites ask, uh, how many Sabbath do I have to observe? Uh, once a month, once a year, or once every two years. They don't ask that because they know that wherever there is a Sabbath, they have to observe the Sabbath. If not, they will be stoned to death if they break the Sabbath. Okay. So when God commands it to remember the Sabbath, wherever the Sabbath comes, they remember the Sabbath. When God says, take the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, wherever there is the first day of the week, we partake. The Lord's Supper. And in fact, the frequency of the Lord's Supper, you'll notice, is the same as the frequency for assembling. Because Acts 27 says, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread. So notice, wherever they assemble, they break bread. So if you take the Lord's Supper once a month, then we should also, by consistency, come together once a month. But the denomination will tell you that, oh, no, you have to assemble Sunday, every Sunday. But the Lord's Supper, uh, you can take wherever you want. It's not consistent with what the Bible says. And you also notice by the wording here, uh, it says upon the first day of the week. Notice 1 Corinthians 16 verse 2 also says upon the first day of the week. So the frequency should be the same. If we say that Lord's Supper is to be taken once a month or once a year, by uh, extension, the giving should also be once a month and once a year as well because the phrasing is exactly the same. But again, the denominator tell you, say, oh no, you have to give every Sunday, every week you have to give. So if that's the case, then our Lord's Supper should also be once a week as well, because the frequency for the Lord's Supper is the same as the frequency for the assembly and also for the giving as well. And so, brethren and friends, we should not celebrate Christmas as a religious festival. Because the Bible tells us that we are to reject, uh, we are not to reject the commandment of God that we may keep our own tradition. Today, there are many in the world today that have rejected God's commandment. They rejected God's commandment to worship on the first day of the week. But yet, they keep their own tradition of coming on Sunday, on the Christmas day, to come together to worship God. Even it may not be on a Sunday, they will still insist on coming together to uh, have a Christmas gathering. That is not what the Bible teaches. So there are two reasons I have mentioned why I do not celebrate Christmas as a religious festival. Firstly, because it is non-scriptural. Secondly, because it is unscriptural. The thirdly is because it is anti-scriptural, meaning it is against the scriptures there are some christians today who celebrate christmas as a secular holiday okay. so for them they actually treat christmas like uh like us for us chinese we celebrate chinese new year we come together to have a meal together so there are christians who treat it as a secular holiday and of course there's nothing wrong with that if you come there not to celebrate as a religious holiday but to celebrate as a family get together there is no issue after all there are holidays that we also celebrate today with pagan origins uh, okay for instance the top column here. You notice that there is Chinese New Year that you celebrate. is celebrated, isn't it so? But do you know that Chinese New Year actually has pagan origins? Uh, okay? uh, if you read your Chinese textbook, I think primary school uh, they will tell you about the story about Nian uh, okay? uh, What do they do? Uh, to scare away Nian, uh, what do people do? The villagers use the color red uh, And then they have a lot of noises to scare away the, the Nian okay? So that's why Chinese New Year today, we have a lot of red, uh, people wear red uh. Today I wear red, uh, although not Chinese New Year uh. But people wear red, okay? to scare away, uh, to, to follow this tradition uh, uh, giving great on wearing red, uh, and then they also make loud noises. Uh, sometimes you have the lion dance, remember? And also uh, you have the uh, letting of the firecrackers. Okay, of course uh, here is illegal, uh, you want to do so, you have to go to Malaysia, uh, uh, that will be okay. Okay, but we celebrate that, uh, not as a religious festival, but as a Chinese custom of a get together. Okay. We also have Valentine's Day. Okay, so Valentine's Day, a lot of people who are dating uh, to them is one of the more important days that they have to remember. Uh, okay? uh, but do you know that? Valentine's Day also has pagan origins It's actually a a celebration of fertility During the pagan festival called Lupercalia Which is actually a precursor to Valentine's Day So it's on this this, uh, pagan festival that they have uh, have these celebrations And what they do is that they take a stick uh, And they whip people on the backside uh, So supposedly to bring them uh, good luck in their love life So that's a kind of uh, festival that they celebrate Again with pagan traditions Another festival that we celebrate okay, uh, is actually Master's, Mother's Day eh, okay? So a lot of us we celebrate Mother's Day uh, in May okay? But again, do you know that Mother's Day has pagan origins? It actually originated from the worship and honouring of the Queen of Heaven Eventually it became adopted to celebrate as the Mother's Day We give thanks, appreciation to our mothers okay? So all these are festivals that today we celebrate Not as religious festivals but as secular holidays and so there is nothing wrong in celebrating secular holidays, so long as we do not cause stumbling to others. For myself, I don't celebrate Christmas even as a secular holiday, in case people get stumbled, people get offended. We say, hey, how kind a of preacher is going to a Christmas party? Ah, uh, uh, joining a Christmas get together, uh, giving gifts. So for myself, I don't do that. But actually, to truth be told, lah, uh, there is nothing wrong with celebrating it solely as a secular holiday. In fact, Paul talks about Christian liberty in Romans fourteen. He says, one man esteem one day above another, another esteem every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Okay. Of course, here, point reference to the Jewish of the Jewish days that the, the Christians were still celebrating. They were still observing. But not as a matter of religion, but as a matter of personal preference. Okay. For example, there may be some early Christians who are so used to not working on Sabbath, on the Saturday. They use it to devote themselves in worship to God. Can a Christian choose to do that? That Saturday, I don't want to work. I want to devote the day to worship God, to devote to God, to study the Bible. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that if you want to do that. So long as we don't bind it as a religious holiday upon others that others have to follow. I can do it in my own conscience. I don't use it as religion. Nothing wrong with that. So that's what Paul is saying. If you use Christmas as a secular holiday for family to get together, but not to observe the pagan traditions, purely nothing wrong with that. But the issue rises when you celebrate it as a religious holiday holy day okay notice what the paul says in galatians chapter 4 verse 8 to verse 11 okay here he says he, he was speaking to the uh, churches of galatia uh, where there were gentiles and there were jewish converts okay and he says to them how be it then when you knew not god you do service unto them which by nature are no gods okay so here paul is talking to the gentiles who were one time worshipping idols okay. but after the, the gentiles converted to christianity what they were now trying to do is to hold on to the Jewish traditions, the Jewish customs, to continue to follow the old law. And so verse 9 Paul says, But now after you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? So from the context of Galatians, we know that these weak and beggarly elements are referring to the inferior worship under the old law. Because all these have been abolished when Christ died on the cross, the old law was taken away and replaced with the new law So Paul says, why do you still want to go back to this again? And in fact, he rebukes them He says, you observe days, months, times and years okay. So under the old law, we know that there are weekly feasts that to celebrate To observe, such as the Sabbath The monthly, the first, the, the, the new moon that to celebrate The start of the month, they have to observe it Of course, there were yearly festivals we talk about the Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and also the Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles. These are the yearly feasts that they observe. And right now, they are still observing it. And what did Paul say? Paul says, I am afraid of you, lest I bestow upon you labor in vain. In fact, in Galatians 5, verse 4, Paul will tell them that if you observe one part of the old law, you have to observe the whole of the old law. And what would that happen then? In Galatians 5, verse 4, Paul says, Christ is become of no effect unto you whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. So the Christians who try to observe the old law to be justified by the old law, Paul says you are fallen from the grace of Christ okay, because you are not trying to go back to the old law which cannot cleanse your sins and instead leaving Christ whose blood washes away our sins. So there's a problem only if we celebrate Christmas as a religious holiday, day because this will constitute false religion. And now let's talk about how Christmas came about. The origins which have pagan and Catholic origins. Okay. Over here is a picture of a, a festival that we have in the Chinese calendar which is called Qingming. Ah. Okay. Uh, is there anything wrong with observing Qingming? Ah? Okay. Not if you are going there to, uh, to clean the tomb, to sweep the tomb, to make it clean, to remember your, 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 your late parents or your late ancestors. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. But the problem comes with when people in Qingming, they come to worship ancestors. They burn joss joy papers. they put offerings. Ah, that part would be wrong because you mix religion into a festival that you come to show piety and to show custom okay? But if you are just purely cleaning a tomb, there's nothing wrong with that okay? And so the problem with Christmas is that a lot of times people celebrate it as the birthday of Christ And they use it as a religious holiday which actually comes about because of pagan and Catholic origin okay? And let me share with you how did Christmas come to be adopted Earlier we mentioned about how people who believe uh, that Jesus was born or uh, was conceived on Passover and they celebrate Christmas as his birth. But there's also the pagan implications to it as well. You see, Christmas in the olden days actually falls on 25th December. Okay? Uh, or rather, Winter Solstice, the day that is called Winter Solstice, actually falls on 25th December. Okay. You know, sometimes before Christmas, you always receive this greeting, uh, okay. uh, which sometimes they wish you zhi, uh. last time I read it, I say, Why is, is this festival? Uh? makes no meaning to me, it makes no sense to me. Uh. Uh, I know Chinese New Year, I get Ang Pao, uh, mooncake Festival, I get Mungking. Uh. Uh, Winter Solstice, what do I get? Uh? So it makes no meaning to me. Okay, After I studied further, I think, Oh, okay, now I know why the Winter Solstice Okay, The Winter Solstice is actually the day, whereby the day is the shortest. The night is the longest okay. So you notice this picture The earth revolves around the sun ah, okay. So on June twenty-first is where you get the summer solstice okay. So the summer solstice You actually get the longest day and the shortest night okay. uh, And March and in September You actually get the spring and the fall equinox Where you get, actually you get equal day and equal night okay. But when it comes to the winter solstice uh, This part in December ah, okay, What happens is that you get the shortest day and the longest night Okay. Uh, I'm not very clear about specifics. Uh. Maybe you can ask uh, Amos, who is a geography teacher, he might know better. Okay. But uh, what do I do know to understand is that during the winter solstice, the day is actually the shortest, the night the longest. Okay. So the ancient people, you can imagine, with their superstition, what are they thinking? Oh no, the sun is dying. Uh. As you come to the winter solstice, the day gets shorter and shorter, the night gets longer and longer. Our sun is being extinguished. Our sun is dying. After the winter solstice, what happens? The reverse happens. The day gets longer, the night gets shorter, until eventually it reaches the equality ah. so to the superstitious mind they'll think that oh no our sun is dying ah. uh, but to them 20th, 25th december the winter solstice is the time that the sun is being rebuffed again uh, now we have a new sun now the day is coming to be longer and longer again okay but you might wonder then hey, how come here it's writing 21st december but how do they celebrate winter solstice on uh, 25th december okay well the reason is because that uh, there was a change in the calendar In the olden days, they actually used the Julian calendar But in 1752, the Julian calendar switched to the Gregorian calendar So that's why in times past, 25th December was the winter solstice But today, our winter solstice is actually on 21st December or 22nd of December That is the change in date. By ancient times, they actually followed this to celebrate Christmas as winter solstice And so because of these kind of ideas, this kind of uh, uh, thinking what happened is that 25th December began to be celebrated as the birthday of the sun god. Because they think that the sun is being reborn, so they say let's celebrate it as the birthday of the sun god. Okay. And this isn't just the recent time that they started celebrating the birthday of the sun god. In fact, it was celebrated in ancient times as well. Okay. Even in the time of the Mesopotamians, where they worshipped Tammuz. So this is a picture of Tammuz. Okay. And Tammuz is supposedly the sun and the reincarnation of Nimrod. Okay. You will find the name Nimrod familiar is because it's being mentioned in the Bible. Okay. Look at Genesis chapter 10 verse 8 to verse 10. <laughs> Genesis chapter 10 verse 8 to verse 10. Okay. And we we'll read about this man called Nimrod. He ah. says, And Cush begat Nimrod, he began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even Nimrod a mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad and Calneh in the land of Shinar. So notice these were the, the Babylonians, ah, the land of Mesopotamia. And the Mesopotamians began to worship him. Ah, okay. You can understand it ah, by how the Chinese also worship some of the Chinese warriors, right? There are people today who worship Huang Kong, who worship Zhuang Fei, right? They think that the god of war. Why? Because these are people who are mighty, who are strong. So ancient times no different. They worship Nimrod because he was a mighty hunter. So when he died, they believed that he reincarnated as his son, who is called Tammuz. And they worship Tammuz as the sun god. When his birthday... They worship on 25th December. So, ancient times, they begin to start already to worship the sun god. Okay. Coming down to the Persian times, okay, they worship uh, Mithras. So, this is a picture of Mithras, who to the Persians was the sun god. And of course, the Romans had their own version, which is called Sol Invictus. Okay. So Invictus just means the unconquerable sun. You cannot beat the sun. The sun seems to be dying, you'll come back up again. It cannot be beaten. So, they call him the unconquerable sun. Okay. And so, from then, they begin to celebrate 25th December as the birthday of the sun god okay. again you might wonder birthday of the sun god then how did he come into christianity well, well we have some of the roman emperors uh, to thank uh, or rather to blame uh, for that being christmas okay. because you see what happened was that in ad274 okay, the emperor aurelian declared december 25th as a holiday dedicated to the sun god so in the third century it began to be formalized that they worship the sun god on 25th december but during the time of Constantine. Constantine was actually a very smart, a very shrewd ruler. Okay. He wanted to unite the, the Roman Empire. And what better way to unite the empire rather than through religion? So prior to him, you notice that a lot of kings before him, they actually persecuted Christians. But Constantine had a reversal of thinking. Okay. Uh, some stories say that his mother was actually a Christian, so that's how he became tolerant of Christianity. But in any case, he decided to use Christianity to unite the Roman Empire. So in AD 313, He issued the Edict of Milan, whereby Christianity became a state religion. And so from then on, uh, people began to convert to Christianity. But again, there was some problem. Because the Roman Empire, you know that they have a lot of gods. ah. In fact, you notice that every Greek god has an equivalent of a Roman god. ah. So uh, to them, there are so many gods that they worship. So how to change the thinking of these pagans to convert them to Christianity? What he did was to Christianize pagan practices. So whatever practices they have in the, in the, in the pagan calendar, he brings them over to the Christian calendar as well. Okay? And one of these is actually the Feast of Saturnalia. Okay? The Feast of Saturnalia is actually to commemorate the harvest god Saturn. Okay? So they begin to bring this into the Christian calendar. And this festival happens from 17th to 23rd December. Okay? And so they bring it to 25th December to celebrate as the birthday of Christ. Okay? And so we see that what happened was that the birthday of the sun god now became adopted as the birthday of the Son of God. Okay, And so, by AD 354, we see that the Bishop of Rome began to decree 23 December as the birthday of Christ. So from AD 274, it was the birthday of the Son God. By AD 354, it became decreed as the birthday of Christ. Remember earlier, we mentioned about how Julius I, in AD 375, in order to persuade Christians that 23 December is the birthday of Christ, he said, we have discovered Christmas as the birthday of Christ. And so from then on, a lot of people in the world start to celebrate Christmas as the birthday of Christ. But initially, it has pagan and Catholic origin. And So brethren and friends, we should not celebrate Christmas as a religious festival because the Bible tells us to do not learn the way of the heathen and do not be dismayed at the sign of heaven. Don't follow pagan ways. Don't look at the stars, the signs. There are people today who follow astronomy, astrology, they go and cons- consult the horoscope. Uh, okay? All these are actually wrong uh, because you are following pagan practices. Okay? The people are so paranoid I uh, look at my, at my horoscope. Today is a dangerous day for me. I better not go out of the house. Okay? They are dismayed at the size of heaven. But the Bible tells us, do not follow the way of the pagan. Okay? In fact, if you look on verse 3 and verse 4, he says, For the customs of the people are vain. For one cut the tree of the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with the axe." They deck it with silver and with gold. They faster it with nails and with hammers, they move more. Okay. What does this sound like? Does this sound like the Christmas tree that we have today? Okay. Of course, in ancient times, they may not have exactly the Christmas tree, but in the ancient times, they also worship the tree. Don't you, don't you realize? They still have the sun god. To them, a tree stump is actually like a, a symbol of fertility. Okay. Because the tree stump You cut it off, they will grow again. So to them, that is a symbol of the rebirth of the sun god. Okay. And there are also Canaanite religions that celebrate that worship the tree. For example, if you read in the Bible, there are those who worship Baal and also worship Ashtaroth. Ashtaroth is also called the growth, the worship of the tree. Okay. So ancient time people worship the tree, today there are people who still use Christmas tree as a symbol of this kind of pagan practices as well. And so brethren, this morning we have discussed about three reasons why Christians should not celebrate Christmas as a religious festival. The first reason is because it's not scriptural, it's not supported by the Bible. In fact, Christmas contradicts the biblical facts concerning Jesus' birth. We see that he could not have been born on 25 December. He is more likely to have been born from March to September, but never in December. Secondly, because Christmas is unscriptural, he has no biblical authority for its observance. The only authority we have is to observe the Lord's Supper on the Lord's Day, every first day of the week. And thirdly, because it is anti-scriptural, it goes against the scriptures because Christianity ultimately has its roots in paganism and Catholicism. Of course, if you want to celebrate as a secular holiday, there's nothing wrong with it. But do not celebrate it as the birthday of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so remember at the start of my lesson, I told you that sometimes friends whom they come to know that I don't celebrate Christmas, they ask me, what kind of Christian are you? A common response that I'll give to them is that I'm a Christian who respects the authority of the Word of God. i think this will actually present us opportunities to be able to share with them our faith and to see what the bible has to say about christianity and about religion in general so we don't have to shy away from discussing about christmas because this actually gives us opportunity to share about our faith and when they see that we follow things from the bible they might be interested to find out more about other practices that differ from denominations but that being said I have no objections to, ser- to observing Christmas as a secular holiday. Okay? In fact, I hope that the Disney team Christmas light up uh, will come back again sometime in the future. Okay? But interestingly, you know, after the, the National Council of Churches issued a response about the Christmas light up, which is Disney themed, the humanist society come up with their own response as well in rebuttal to the, Catholic, to the Church's response. Okay? And here is the letter. I'll read the extract from here. Okay? Here it says, "Ruins, pagans, Phoenicians, Egyptians, Arabians, Babylonians, Sumerians, Akkadians, uh, Persians, Indians, East, East Asians, East Asians, etc., have been observing the rebirth of the winter sun, coining it winter solstice to Saturnalia, to Tong which means winter has arrived. In pre-Christian Rome, Saturnalia involved gift giving and the associated role reversal between servants and masters, and other parts of Europe, Yule, Yule time, and god Odin, which is uh, Leicong, uh, the Thor's father. Okay? They were celebrated at this same season. The, the character Santa Claus was center class in Europe and uncannily based on or imbued with qualities from Odin and Old Man Winter. Okay. So quite ironic ah, that the humanist society knew more about the significance of Christmas compared to the National Council of Churches. Okay. But we see from here, even they realized that Christmas has its roots in paganism and also Catholicism. Okay. And just a note about Santa Claus. Today sometimes we think that, oh, Santa Claus uh, has not, no harm. Uh. You tell your children about Santa Claus, Let them have some fun. Uh, okay? But do you realize that we are propagating error to them? Don't you realize that Santa Claus is uh, uh, a misrepresentation of God? Uh? They give Santa Claus God-like qualities. They have people think that, oh, Santa Claus is omnipotent. Uh. Why? Wow, he can give you all kinds of presents that you want. Whatever you wish, list, he can give to you. He's also omnipresent. Uh. In one night, he can deliver to all the children all over the world Christmas presents. Uh, okay? And omniscient, uh, he knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. Uh. Okay. So I think that's, that's, a, that's a, a myth uh, that we should not propagate. Because when children grow up and they realize hey, Santa Claus is a myth, uh, it's not true. Uh, okay? And then they learn about God who is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. Do that be uh, very familiar? Uh? Last time my parents used to teach me about myth. And it's no wonder that children when they grow up they don't believe in God. Because of all these fables that they are fed then when they were young. Okay? So do not propagate Santa Claus, do not propagate Christmas. If you want to celebrate, celebrate as a secular holiday. But don't tell them that oh, this is the birth of Jesus, this is when Santa Claus comes to give you presents. Don't give them these ideas. Okay. So brethren, rather than remembering our Lord Jesus once a year of Christmas, why not honor Him in our daily living? In fact, Jesus doesn't want our worship on just one day in a year. He wants us to follow Him every day of our life. Okay. And Jesus says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Notice so Jesus says daily. Yeah, you must follow Him daily. And to my friends that are with us this morning, once again, thank you for taking time to join us for this morning's worship. But rather than following the world in celebrating the birth of Christ, why not obey Christ in being baptized into his death for the forgiveness of sins? While his birth was a momentous occasion, his death carries more significance because it's only through his blood that our sins are being washed away. That's why Paul says in Romans 6, 6 verse 3-4, to knowing not that so many of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that lies Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. We become a new man through the watery watery death. uh. We are baptized, we come up as a new person. And so today, the Bible has shared with us God's plan of salvation. God has done the difficult part. He sent his son to come to this earth. Christ was born. But more importantly, Christ died for us. He died for our sins. He shed his blood to wash away our sins. And the God has given us the plan of salvation in His Word. The Spirit has revealed to us the Bible. What we need to do is shown here in the Bible. All these verses shows us exactly what God wants us to do. To hear the Gospel, to hear His Word, to believe in His Word, to repent of our sins, to confess Jesus and Son of God before men, to be baptized to wash away our sins, and of course, to continue to be faithful unto death all the days of our life. We will have to remember Christ and follow Christ every day of our life and not just once a year on Christmas Day. Hope this lesson has been of encouragement and uh, edification to you. To our friends, if you would like to respond to the gospel, uh, why not make your decision known to those beside you I'll be glad to assist you to obey the gospel. Let us now sing the hymn of invitation and encouragement, <coughs> All to Jesus I Surrender. All <coughs> oh, to Jesus
1: I Surrender. Oh, Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. Surrender, humbly yet, his feet I vow. Worldly pleasures, all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now.